When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Hmm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? So you're not friends with him? Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, if you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. Um, I haven't had anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade, probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, why I'm a grown ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top, okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Fuck the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? I made it really clear in Forbes, and I just want to make it clear again. Nick, it's when not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay? I paid his bills. Until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my fault. I appreciate. Fault. That. I should have but just I'm, taken a head on because you never said But I'm trying anything. to run a fucking business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn, 
off of my back and goes on national television and does that. It's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now we're far beyond apologies, right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled. And you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. What's your question, Nick? Uh, first of all, you're always very nice to me. And thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about MJF. Obviously, uh, he played a voicemail from you before he came out. Obviously, in front of you, uh, Punk. Um, why now? Why, why is MJF back in the fold now? How do you both feel about him being around? How do you feel about the time he spent away? All of that. Well, if I may, I am the one who asked him to come back because uh, MJF is a big star in this company, and this is a, one of the biggest events. A year ago, CM Punk debuted here, and I thought it was right for the fans. And like I said, for the fans, I thought the best thing that we could do as a company was bring MJF back. Because he wants me to work with pricks constantly. That's, that's what it is. Nevertheless, uh, it, Two of the top wrestlers in the world, MJF and CM Punk. Could be oh, a big match down the line. Sorry to keep bringing this fucking up, but I've never spoken his word, and I don't know how long, so I'm a little fucking pissed off about it. When it came down that he was going to sue me, I asked to talk to him. He refused. I asked for mediation. It was denied. I offered him money. He said it was not enough. He went ahead with the lawsuit and sued. It's his fucking funeral. I don't care. He shares a bank account with his mother. It tells you all you need to know about what kind of character that is. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm sorry if I'm a little fucking snippy. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. I regret not answering your question the first time you asked it. Yeah, but I should have just taken a head on like I did with Blake and Forbes recently. We're all learning here, Tony. It's okay. Thanks. Thanks. This is from Mindy's Bakery, by the way. It's a great place in Chicago. If you like pastries and baked goods, I suggest you go there. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, though. Uh, Sorry about all that, Mandy. All right, thanks. So I've asked questions of presidential candidates in my old life. I don't think I've ever been as nervous as I am right now, but I'll I'll direct this one to Tony. Um, You saw the reaction MJF got when he came back out at the end of the night. Do you have any worries that um, you know, he was cheered in Chicago while CM Punk, hometown guys, and do you have any worries about um, MJF kind of – he got pure booze before. He was a, one of the last pure heels left in wrestling that didn't try to get cheered, and now he's sort of set up as this anti-authority figure. Do you, do you worry about what that means for the psychology going forward, especially if he's going to take on Punk? I think the fans want to see great wrestling matches. MJF's the top wrestler. CM Punk's the world champion, the top wrestler in the world. And I think having the top contenders, whoever came out of this match tonight, MJF sets up as a great challenger. And now CM Punk uh, is the world champion. MJF being back. A lot of fans were excited to see it. But anytime somebody makes a comeback in the world of wrestling, generally you get a really big reaction. Am I worried about it? No, not really. Like we have one of the most charismatic, popular professional wrestlers in the world right here. And frankly, the fans can react however they want. That's what's great about AEW and pro wrestling. We're not trying to tell people what to think. This is a really compelling story. People were emotionally moved. People are calling that a great ending. And I'm really glad people liked it. But the fact is, it was a great match and it was a great ending. And now we'll see what happens on Wednesday. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. Is because if you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top babyface. 
try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas. And these stupid guys think they're in a receipt. Yep. Dominic D'Angelo, adfreeshows.com. Uh, Punk, last time we were here last year, I asked you about like Terry Funk and his influence, like yeah. the legacy going on. Kind of, uh, and this is for you too, Tony. I kind of like, they're, they're, you did, you've done a great job with incorporating legends throughout, you know, the course of AEW and as it goes on. I kind of want to see uh, what you feel about how a lot of the modern talent today can kind of utilize some of the advice and take advice from like guys like William Regal and uh, even like Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. Um, I know I'm missing Jake Roberts, plenty I'm missing, I'm sure. But I just kind of want to get both your perspectives on that and how that can kind of go a little bit more to to help you guys out grow as a company. We have a uh, a locker room full of pretty brilliant minds, you know, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Mark Henry. You know, I, when I came back and I cut my promo my second week here, I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. You know what I mean? Kind of blur the lines a little bit. What's he doing? How crazy Phil? He's going into business for himself. And really, I was just defending myself. But, you know, you, you, you mix that in with attacking Moxley and mention, um, you know, Kingston being the second best Kingston, which is a pretty great line. Um, you know, uh, but our locker room for all the wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth shit when you have an empty headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say, nah, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know, that's stupid. I'm on a team with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and I, I don't need, I don't need to work on my swing. You don't, I'm not going to listen to these guys. They're going to tell me how to swing a baseball. Fucking go fuck yourself. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I dare you to fucking say that this Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mr. Funk. I know what I'm doing fucking grow up uh question for uh, punk um phil I'm sorry, from report. What? sorry we can't hear you sorry um question for cm punk uh phil Lindsay from bleach report um i think it caught a lot of people by surprise your loss two weeks ago and the, your foot injury came into play and i wonder you know how much of that came into play tonight because a lot of fans would assume that that was part of the reason you lost but that didn't seem to hamper you tonight um, I'm wearing Danhausen's boots. This is a true story. So I, I assume that it's like some sort of a reverse curse. I've had a real problem with footwear. I've been trying to figure out like what to wear. And that's real life. Like I put my old wrestling shoes on and they didn't fit. I bought a new pair of 12s. They didn't fit. Um, I've thought about wearing my gym shoes. They didn't have the stability I needed. And uh, I bought a pair of Doc Martens because they're really comfortable. But they're too loose. And then Dan Housen's like, you want to try mine on? I'm like, they're size 10. And I put them on and they just magically fit. It, it, it like, like unbelievable, like a glove. They're tight, but not too tight. They give me stability and they're comfortable as hell. So I owe him more money now. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Punk. Um, Izzy, Izzy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm sorry if I'm <laughs> scary. No, it's okay. Yeah, I like you, though. You're right. Thank you. I, I like you, too. I'm a Thank huge you. fan. <laughs> um, Izzy from the Hot Tag with Izzy. This question is actually directed towards Punk. Uh, we saw, you know, you got your huge win tonight. Congratulations. And then also MJF returned. What is the message that you're trying to direct towards MJF this time around? Because you did have a feud with him a couple months ago. I, I mean, 
do I have to? I, I, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired of wrestling these pricks. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Um, you know, but um, I'm not. I'm not the boss. I uh, he won the number one contendership, and uh, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, I, I think Max is uh, a, a supremely talented individual, um, but this goes for him and anybody else in the locker room that doesn't want to be here. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And Max likes to, uh, you know, shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. So, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that goes. Thanks, Izzy. Uh, John Alba podcast heat uh, punk a, a year ago, we were in this room and it was after Adam Cole had debuted, Brian Danielson had debuted. And you said that it, it had the feeling of bash at the beach oh, boy. where, where there was, did that I say energy. that it was that, energy. did I say that? And uh, uh, a year later, here you are world champion uh, through the trials and tribulations. What's your honest assessment of the last year for you personally and professionally? Um, like I, I know it sounds like, again, it sounds like a pretty ridiculous statement, you know, but I would like to think, and again, in five years, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see the impact of it. Um, there's a chance I'm wrong. You know, we got an uphill battle in a, in a, in a lot of respects. Um, there's just so much drama and turmoil going on, but I, you know, I, I like to believe in the place I work. Um, we do have a very, very strong roster. And like I said, we have we have a lot of brilliant minds backstage. So if uh, if if young talent's willing to actually listen and, and receive uh, advice and information, I honestly think sky's the limit. You know, there's always going to be people who think they should be the top guy, want to be pushed. You know, um, and I get that. I mean, that was that was me from like 2008 to you know 2010 or whatever. And you know, I I I, I always wanted more, um, but. I, I thought I acted like a top guy, you know, like if I missed a flight, I rented a car and made the town. I didn't just go, oh, I missed the flight. I guess I'm not going to be a TV. Um, I think Adam Cole is, is, is fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm more worried about his health now than worrying about if, if his impact on wrestling is going to be, you know, bigger than Scott Hall's or something like that. Like I, I just want the kid to be healthy because he's a, he's a, he's a sweetheart, you know? Um, I know Eric Bischoff is really mad that I said that, so I stand by it. Uh, um, can you tell me a little bit about the recovery from the foot injury as far as, you know, I know you went through, it's three months. That was Awful. pretty quick. That's, you know, and you had sur- you had major surgery, you know, that stuff put in and everything. So, uh, the, so, so again, what I, what I said in uh promo, I think maybe last week was, was true i i did the stage dive what an idiot i must have hit my foot on the top of the guardrail but i didn't feel it and you would think that shit would hurt but when i people caught me they put me back down i waited for ftr and i'm standing on my foot and it just didn't feel right you know but i thought again maybe i just whacked it or something like that and then i i wrestled on it blew a springboard came off the top of like a double axe like did all this shit and what i eventually did is yeah i fractured my foot but then i pulverized the bones pulverized is the word dr uh, dr jung used surgery was supposed to be an hour it wound up being like four and a half i got three plates and 16 screws in my foot 
and I essentially I have a new foot now. You know, um, it is a hundred percent, but it is a new hundred percent. And I'm, you know, I, every day I, I rehab. But when I when I started rehab, this is the worst injury I've ever had. You know, um, had surgery on my elbow. Easy, easy peasy. You know, lower back. I could bike the next day. I could get a coffee. I could go for a six hour walk. You know what I mean? And just I could do something. I was bedridden for two weeks. And it was really, really hard for me because I, I really wanted to have this great summer and do good for Tony and sell tickets, draw money, help with ratings. And it all just came crashing down. But that's life. You know, I, I missed out on Forbidden Door and United Center. I really wanted to wrestle there, you know, and I, and I have I, I have pride in my work and I wanted to carry the title and, you know, carry through the summer and just help grow the business so it was mentally devastating i was bedridden for at least two weeks uh i would be dead if it wasn't for my wife i would also be dead because of my wife if that third week i didn't get out of bed uh love april to death i i I wouldn't be here right now in a lot of ways if it wasn't for her um it may sound corny to some people not being able to walk my dog was like really challenging you know uh and then the the rehab, like I could tell you how hard and painful it was and grueling, but I, I just wouldn't be able to do it justice. I was doing two and a half hours of rehab. Plus, once they told me I could bike, I was biking my life away. Then I would go to the gym later and lift weights. And I was just trying to bust my ass to hurry up and not necessarily hurry up to get back. I wanted to hurry up to get healthy because if I'm not healthy, I'm no good to anybody it was just it was really really tough i i I just think it's you know i'm i'm a little older now and it was just it was a pretty ridiculous i I think if i was 23 it would have been a hard injury you know what i mean because i I literally couldn't do anything trying to get around on crutches up and down stairs you know i gotta walk two feet to go to the bathroom i got crutch it it was just it was pretty bad and it was depressing uh but thank you for asking Will Washington, uh, Fightful. What up, Will? How you doing, punk? I'm okay. I got a question for you. So oh, that's why I'm here, right? Um, so I guess a good way to round this out would be to point out the fact that uh, your win tonight brought to an end a fairly legendary run for John Moxley. He hasn't been defeated in AEW in over a year. And uh, even with the months right? out, um, he hadn't, I believe it was, what, double or nothing last year was the last time he was pinned? Um, and it was in a tag match. Yeah. In a he's tag never, match. yeah. It was the first time he's ever taken a clean pin in an AEW match ever, I would say. I mean, where it was under pretty fair circumstances right. in over three years. Yeah. So it's a, that brings to an end a fairly legendary run for John Moxley. Can you talk about um, what it means to be the guy to put an end to that run for Moxley? Oh, man. People are probably really mad at me then, huh? <laughs> Alvarez, are you mad at me? <laughs> All right. I'm a little mad at you, but then, yeah. Um, I think me and Mox are so similar, and obviously, uh, we got a lot in common, you know, like both had some misdiagnosed staph infections. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a, it's a weird thing to have in common, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, but we came from the same place, and I think we felt a lot of the same things there, you know, kind of like there was a bridesmaid, but never the bride. I can only hope that 
he appreciates um, being able to me doing that for him, just as I appreciate him doing this for me, you know, because I think we're both guys that nobody ever really did it for us. You know, uh, guys could have helped us out a little bit more, passed the torch a little bit more. And I think we're on, we're on even, we're on an even footing. Whereas before maybe you thought, you know, like I'm the bigger star, like I'm here to try to elevate everybody. And I'm not saying that I have elevated John Moxley. I like to think maybe I did. I think that's what all of our jobs are is to get You know, if, if one person's up here is it's, it's up to them to reach back and, and get everybody up to that level. But yeah, I, I think, I think John Moxley, um, we have different philosophies about pro wrestling, but it's it's a beautiful thing because it's it's all pro wrestling, you know. And done right, it's it's just magic. I I, I think he's a hell of a talent, and I, uh, I I I sure do appreciate him, you know. Alvarez, you saw the video, man, and you were so incredulous that I went into business for myself, and I was just like, man. I and the reason I've never defended myself is because when you do, it just sounds like you're being defensive. But I've eaten shit on this subject for a very, very long time. Um, and I am I'm very sad today that I had to get up here and 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 say his name. He doesn't fucking deserve it, uh, and talk about it. But facts are facts, you know. Name two people that have made the most money off the name CM Punk. I don't think you're there yet. The first one's Vince McMahon. The second one's Scott Colton. I hope you all have a good night. Please be more responsible with the news you get from certain people. And uh, just remember, we're human beings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bro, Larry got one of the biggest pops of the night earlier. He got Lucy ran down the the thing. It was fucking great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Fuck Sidney Crosby. (laughs) Fuck fuck Malkin. Fuck right. You know what? You know what? Fuck Ron Francis. How about that? I'm still fucking pissed about. Fuck him. Here you go. Dirk Graham got a hat trick in fucking game one. They still lose and get sweeped. Oh. God, somebody box up these spins. Can I have one? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, please. Thank it's you. Not that weirdo, non-alcoholic. Shit. Yeah, but I like. Well, I like both. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Contrary to popular belief, I'm a very nice guy. Thank you. He's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> 